Welcome to Game Changers Live from Miami, Florida. My name is Sergio Tijera. I'm your host. And each and every week, we bring you someone who has been a game changer in their field and who's touched the lives of thousands to get their perspective on their journey, their mindset, their struggles and successes so that we can inspire you on your journey. So let's get started right now. And welcome to Game Changers Live. We do this every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Miami time. And my name is Sergio Tijera. I'm your host. And like we said, we interview people who have been game changers in their field. And now this month being March, being International Women's Month, we have somebody very, very special on with us, which is the queen of Miami news, Belkis Narey. Hey, Belkis, how are you? Hi, Sergio. Wow, that's awesome. I do happen to have a crown in the other room. Should I run and get it? And you it should on? get the crown. You should get it. <laughs> wave like this. So, <laughs> Thank you for that intro. Well, five-time Emmy Award-winning journalist, uh, Belki has been a TV junkie her whole life, right? And I remember, you know, for the last, you know, as long as I can remember, Belki's is always on TV. And um, it's no wonder she grew up to be the main anchor and host of her own cooking show, which we all love, uh, Bite with Belki's at uh, WSVN Channel 7. She was born in Havana and raised in Long Island and Miami. And she's uh, a natural who took every possible lesson from piano to ballet to tap, completely bilingual. She started her television career as a reporter in a South Florida cable station. She was a one-man band. And I know exactly what that feels like hosting my own <laughs> podcast show now. <laughs> For more than two years, she was shooting her own video, editing her own stories, uh, before heading to Connecticut to take on a job as a general assignment reporter for WTNH Channel 8, the ABC affiliate in New Haven. So from there, it was home to Miami's WSVN 7, where she's been since 1994. And so during her tenure at Miami Fox affiliate, Belkis has covered major news stories and up until recently co-anchored the, po uh, the, the very popular uh, Deco Drive that everybody knows about. That was so much fun. Now you can catch her anchoring the 5, 6, 10, 11 p.m. newscast alongside Craig Stevens. So she's always on. And when she's not on the set, she's in the kitchen cooking her, you know, there's baked oatmeal squares, polenta <laughs> fries, baked feta pasta, all this good stuff that, <laughs> that we always see her on, on IG. So Belkis, welcome so much to, to the show. Thanks, Sergio. Wow, you made me sound like a really busy person. Just all of a sudden, I'm like, wow, I do all of that? Yeah, that's exactly. Like, that's just work. That's not personal. Parents, family, yeah, husband. Yeah. All no, no, it's not easy. Yeah, I don't know how you balance it all, but it's, it's great to have you on. And as we were talking a little earlier before the show, I was just mentioning her that that I love having people like her on because they have been trailblazers in their, in their field and they have impacted and inspired the lives of thousands. Uh, recently, well, recently, about a year and a half ago, we were at the Women's Chamber of Commerce um, e event and where, she, where Belkis received an award and we saw her there and she is probably, you know, the most humble uh, person you can ever meet. I almost feel like I was talking to my sister, right? Because it's, you know, the, the Cuban background, very humble, even though she has five Emmys. Actually, scoot over to the side a little bit there, Belkis, so we can see those five Emmys there oh, on your, on your, <laughs> on your bookshelf. Absolutely amazing. So I love it. Love it. Sorry I put myself here. It's kind of tacky, isn't it? No, 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 no. It looks 
great. It looks great. Love it. It's better than being in the kitchen, it's right? The lighting is good, really. It's more about <laughs> the lighting. <laughs> I've got a ring lamp here in front of me. It's this perfect. Is not my TV face. This is sort of my real face. This is not channel the channel seven face. Well, this it looks even face. better. It looks even better. So, so Belkis, tell me a little bit about what was it like for you growing up? Uh, give me a little backstory here. Give me, give me some, some of the backstory. Uh, okay, as yeah. you mentioned in the bio, I was born in Cuba. I came to this country when I was not even two. I turned two here, and you know, I came with my dad was already here. I came with my mom. We had some family here, like everybody else. You know, started trickling in from Cuba after Castro took over, and. Um, the first uh, years of my life, I grew up in New York. I grew up in Long Island, uh, went to Catholic school, the whole deal. Then when I was nine, my parents got divorced. And my mom decided that she was going to move to Miami because she wanted to start a new life. And she had some of her relatives here. And we moved to Miami, moved to Hialeah. Uh, and that's where I grew up. And I, you know, my mom went back to school. She went to Miami, did. She got a degree. Uh, she had a degree, you know, she was a teacher in Cuba, but like everyone else, when she got to this country, had to start over. And um, she became a social worker for the state of Florida. But, you know, in the beginning, I remember my mom had like three jobs, you know, and wow. I was your typical latchkey kid, you know, get home from school by myself. We lived in an apartment building in Hialeah. And when, when, you know, that it takes a village, that is legit. <clears throat> I remember I would Absolutely. get home from school and I would knock on the neighbor's door and the neighbor would be like, la merienda, you know, give me my little snack, little snack. Thing. and then I'd go home. She'd, you know, walk me to my apartment, which was next door. I'd, you know, go in. She'd lock the door. Don't pick up the phone. And I, I did, you know, my homework and my mom would get home, whatever, you know, four hours later. And I had already done my homework. I had done my chores and. And it was that, you know, it, it really did take a village. But I, I was your typical latchkey kid, like, you know, typical immigrant child, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody ever checked my homework. Nobody ever, you know, asked me. There was none of that in my house and probably maybe not in yours either. But I had none of that except my mom from a very, very early age instilled in me two things. Work hard and get an education. You must get educated. Mm -hmm. You have to go to college. I don't care what you pick, but you got to do it and you've got to work hard. And that's what I've been doing my whole life. Education is huge for, for Hispanics, especially the Cuban community as, as we've come through, because it seems like we had the same parents, right? It was the, the, do what you need to do, but, but make sure you get the education. Totally. But at an early age, you were already taken on quite a lot of responsibility just for yourself and delivering what you need to deliver in terms of, you know, your results and your outcomes. So what was that just a, a survival type of instinct or I mean, what was that? I'm not going to lie to you. My, I, I was raised by a single mom and um, how shall I put this? I was not the easiest child <laughs> and my husband would say now or adult. <laughs> but you know i'm tenacious i've always been tenacious strong-willed gonna do it gonna do it my way and you know as a, as a 9 10 11 year old kid being raised by a single mom my mom was tough as nails on me and she kept 
the pedal to the metal at all times and kept me busy. I was in ballet. I was in piano. You know, she'd get home from work and it was like, okay, are you ready? Get in the car. Let's go to ballet. Get in the car. You got a piano lesson. Go. We're going to your aunt's house. We're doing your, you know, it was always. So I feel like um, she was very um, inspiring slash frightening where I did not want yeah. to mess up because I didn't want to suffer her wrath. She was tough as nails, but uh, she had to be right. She had to be yeah. raising a, a daughter on her own. She had to do what she had to do to make sure that, that I stayed in my lane. And I did, you know, I, I may have merged here and there. Few times. <laughs> Overall, I was good. And you know, that's when you're little, right? And then as you get older, now you're in high school. Now you want to go to college and then your own inner will, inner goals, inner dreams, start to manifest themselves and you start to realize this is what I want. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to do. And you make it happen. I had a friend um, and I would tell him when I was in college, I was at FIU and I was already taking my broadcasting classes and my thing. And to this day, he reminds me, he's like, you know, he used to say to me, I'm going to be on TV. I'm going to do the news. And I would laugh at you. I would laugh at you and look, and I'm like, I told you. <laughs> See these Emmys here? <laughs> what? Exactly. What? Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it starts with your, your parents, right? And then down the road, it's it's in you. And it's it's got to come from inside. And, you know, I don't, I don't know how or why, but some people just, you know, you, some people have that drive. And some people are chill to just be and and hop around and find themselves. And maybe I just found myself early. Maybe I found myself, you know, I knew what I wanted early on. And I guess maybe is that that's a gift, right? Others would say, it's not a gift. It's a curse because you weren't able to get out there and see the world and try different jobs and experiment right. and see what's up and find your true fit. And But everybody has to do what works for them, right? And everybody's on their path. Some is a straight, some is a hard left, some is a merge and a wavy road, but you have to do what work, what works best for you. And if there's one thing I've learned, it's that I'm a firm believer in that everything really does happen as it should. Even when stuff is bad and it happens, it's like you just sort of have to let it be, have your moment, have your feeling. Don't attach to it, but just recognize when the, when you have your feeling, because you also have to validate what you're feeling, right? You can't just not have mm -hmm. emotion and be a, a, a rock. Um, but then think about it for a minute and take a minute and ask yourself, okay, what was I supposed to learn? How could I have done that better? Was I supposed to do something differently? What's my lesson here so that next time I don't repeat that pattern? Because, you know, life is about breaking patterns, really. And once you recognize your bad patterns, it's up to you to break them. Or you'll be stuck in that, in that bad pattern forever. So the, the perspective, yeah, the, so the perspective that we take is a choice. And if you have that perspective that everything happens for me, not to me or because of others, and I'm the victim and so forth, because things are going to happen to you that are out of your control. 100%. But you can choose to say, okay, this did happen for me. And there is a lesson here somewhere. I got to <laughs> take and, out and of the I'm rubble. I'm a big proponent of therapy. I got to say. 
<laughs> if you can, if you have insurance, just go. Just don't even, even if you think you don't need it, you do. You probably do, right? <laughs> exactly. So but under the rubble, there's enough, always. In all seriousness, in all yeah. seriousness it, you know, it's always, it's good to have someone to talk to, whoever that may be. You know, I, for me personally, I, I'm a big, uh, you know, therapy, talk about it, read a book, get a self-help, all of it. Cause it's all, it's all internal and it is all up to us, you know, and for some people it, it, it really is challenging, you know, especially during these times where this last year, right. And it, it, there's an interesting kind of concept that, you know, even a lamppost can be helpful, right? Because if you just talk to the lamppost, just getting things off your chest, off your chest. help. And, and, you know, I, I seriously, especially this last year, it's like my husband and I were just talking about it yesterday. It's like, it was like a reboot, you know, I think everybody's feeling at least for me, Yeah. you know, so grateful. And so, you know, every time I catch myself complaining about some nonsense, I'm like, all right, you need to stop. And I say this to people all the time. You think, yeah. you think you have problems? Really? You think you have problems? Watch the news. Watch, pick a newscast, any newscast, mine, the next guy's, the next station. Well, I prefer <clears> to <throat> pick our newscast, but just watch yeah. the first block. Watch the first 15 minutes of the newscast. And those are the people with real problems. Those people that for the past year have had to get in their cars with their trunks open for somebody to put a box of, you know, vegetables in their trunk so that sure. they can eat and feed their families. That's a real problem. What you have is a challenge that you'll be able to manage and get over. But that is my sort of my daily um, recalibration, if you will. When I watch real people with real problems that really need a helping hand, you know, my stuff is like, please give me a break. So let me ask you then, because the news just in general tends to be very negative because that's what catches attention and that's what catches eyeballs and so forth. Being in the news, as submersed in it as you are, most stories are negative, right? Or, or you know, somebody gets shot, somebody gets hurt, something happens, you know, a car crash, whatever that is, there, are, there aren't always happy outcomes. How, how does that, how do you keep that from yeah, negatively impacting your life and Honestly, your mindset? You know, sometimes, first of all, I've been doing this for, God, I, I think it's going on 27 years. I started at Channel 7 in 1994. Mm -hmm. Two years in Connecticut, Connecticut prior to that, and two years of Dynamic Cable prior to that. So what is this, 1992, 1990? I've been, I, I've been at this almost 30 A long time. Years. Okay. I started when I was 10. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but school. honestly, you know, it, at the end of the day, it is a job and I am impacted, but I've got to sort of purge and try to com compartmentalize it because if I don't, um, you know, I'll just want to come home and sit and just cry for an hour. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like being a police officer. It's like being a hospice nurse. It's like being a frontline, you know, an ICU nurse during COVID or, mm -hmm. or, or anything, a healthcare worker during COVID. It's, 
it's a lot and it can take its toll, but you know, I just try to, like I say, compartmentalize it and, and just kind of try to purge it. And that's why I do other things. That's why I do the cooking and do stuff that takes my head yeah. out of all that stuff. And that is what I love about cooking. My, my personality is I'm sitting here talking to you, but in the back of my brain, I'm a little bit like, oh, I can't forget before I leave to tell Dimitri, my husband, that ABCD. Oh, and when I get to work, I need to go upstairs because I had to fill out that form in HR that they emailed me about and I forgot. Oh, and I can't forget to call my mother and remind her that on Friday, yeah, just we constant. have to go to a doctor's appointment. So my head is always, <sighs> but what I love about cooking is when I'm doing that, it's the one time that is all I am thinking about. What do I need to chop? Oh, cilantro. Oh, how much do I need? Half cup. Measure. Okay. What else do I need? Oh, I need some cumin. Comino. Let me go get the cumin. How much? Oh, two tablespoons. The oh, gemma. Oh, some salt and pepper. So it's almost like a form of meditation. There's for you. nothing going on in here except that. Yeah, I've tried to meditate. It's so interesting. Hard. I am like Julia Roberts and eat, pray, love. Like, <laughs> yeah, I can do this. I can do this. Oh my God, yeah, this is great. Oh, breathe. I'm feeling the breath. This is amazing. Oh my God, I've been here like five minutes, right? This is incredible. <laughs> oh my God, it's only been 30 seconds. That's yeah. this thing on Netflix now mm. that is that it's, I forget what it's called, but it's like this easy guide to meditation. And I tried it. It was like epic fail. I just, I try, I really do. And with my fitness plus on the, I, the Apple watch thing, yeah, the mindful meditation that you could do it five minutes and blah, 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 blah. God, I try so hard, Sergio. I try so hard, but yeah, no, it is, but it's important that, you know, you find your, your channel, right? You find your avenue of disconnecting and in a world where we're just constantly plugged in and constantly getting news updates and everything else. And it's very hard to, to disconnect. You almost get, you know, anxiety when you're disconnected. You, you got some FOMO, right? You're, oh, what am yeah. I missing out on? And, and back to that. Yeah. Especially with this past year, you know, my husband and I, we're social people. We love being out. We love seeing people. We love, you know, seeing friends, trying new restaurants, obviously supporting charities, and charity events. And, you know, be, we love that. And that's also a disconnect, right? Because you're in, sure. you're in the happy, happy place. You're socializing, you're seeing friends. You're, oh my God, how are you? You know, and then all that got taken away too. So it, it made that, that disconnect harder to obtain and it's just you know you got to find new ways and listen again i live on the ocean during the pandemic even the beach was closed right in the beginning then they finally opened the beach and what were we doing every single weekend right going to the beach and then we start complaining about oh my god we have to go to the beach again and it's like <laughs> okay hold it right there you got the complaint out basta let me get this straight. You're complaining because you live in an apartment, condo, oceanfront. You stare at the ocean all day and you have to go to the beach again. Girl, you better step <laughs> We live where people vacation. Exactly. Step it Stop back. It. Exactly. So, again, you know, awareness is key. And it's what you do with your awareness um, that counts, I think. Because everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has their moment. Everybody loses it um but it's it's how you how you fix it that matters you know that's all 
so in, in your career, so I, I'm assuming that you've always known and always been comfortable being in front of a camera and, and just said, okay, this is, you know, what I want to do. I, I love it. I just can't get enough of it. Has, have there been times in your life as you you're growing, you're getting better, you, you know, you take on a new challenge where, where you tripped up and maybe you said something, you know, that you shouldn't have said on TV or did something wrong. And it was just very embarrassing. And you were just, you know, trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to overcome this? Was there a time like that in, in your career or were you just Nothing perfect the whole time? <laughs> now that you've jinxed me, thanks, Sergio. We'll watch tonight what happens. <laughs> like that i mean listen yeah. i'm a robot like i've sneezed during the news and it's like i can't help it and then of course in this day and age of the dvr people will go back rewind take a picture tweet it take right picture, right videotape it tweet it out and it's like what do you people want me to do you know i i sneezed i'm human Too bad, so sad. Yeah. i'm human I, i'm not I'm not a news anchor robot. I don't I don't think I am anyway. I mean, I know some people like that type of delivery, but I'm not that person. I never have been, you know? Right, right. Um, so stuff like that happens all the time, but, you know, anything super dramatic, thankfully, I don't think so. Thankfully, so, again, I mean, I've got this other piece of wood over here. This kind Yeah, of yeah, we'll watch tonight. No, so you have five Emmys back there. Tell me about what what was it like to win your first one and what was going well, through your head when you were actually holding very, an Emmy? My very first Emmy, I won for an interview that I did with Cher. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. It was really cool because this was I was I had finished Deco Drive and I had just started doing the news. I was back at the big kids table because I started at channel seven as a reporter. I had always done hard news, everything, you know, value jet crash, uh, shootings, you know, you name it. I was doing it. And in Connecticut as well. And then, um, I switched over to the entertainment side for a minute. And then my boss asked me, do I want to go back to news to sit at the big kids table, as I call it, right. The, <laughs> the news, the main anchor. Yeah, desk. anchor. And I hadn't even thought about it. I was like, Hmm. But, you know, I sort of made a pros and cons list and I was kind of like, all right, well, okay, universe, if that's what you think we're doing, then let's, let's do it. it. You yeah. know, and I had tried some other entertainment things that weren't working out. And I thought to myself, okay, it's, it's time to go back to do news. But I put this entry in for the share interview because when you en Emmy, enter an Emmy, it's for like a period of time, sort of the year before the year you're in, right? Right. And when I did this interview with Cher, it was her farewell tour. It was her farewell tour. And this was her last concert tour, her last concert in Philly of her farewell tour. And at the wow. time, her PR person, Liz Rosenberg, uh, I don't know if she's still with her, but she also did Madonna. She was Madonna's PR forever. And Liz and I were friendly and she loved Deco Drive and she loved me and she's awesome. This lady, talk about uh, an international women's month superwoman. We'll have to have her on the That's show. Liz Rosenberg. She's amazing. Anyway, you know, PR lady to the stars. Yeah. And Liz was like, do you want to come? Do you want to do this? I'm like, great. And I did this interview with Cher in Philly and it was amazing because first of all, I'm a huge Cher fan. 
I remember watching Sonny and Cher when I was like a kid, right. nine years old. I would watch it with my parents. And it, it, it reminds me of a time when I was in the family unit, mom, dad, you know, it was pre-divorce and all that. Talk about therapy. Right? Um, <laughs> so, so it brings back that nostalgia for me. It's more than just a celebrity. I think it emotes something inside me, right? Mm -hmm. And um, when she asked me if I went to the interview, I was like, oh my God, for sure. And um, I meet Cher and she comes out in her dressing room and she is the coolest, most down to earth. She's exactly how you wish she would be. Wow. She is how you see her in interviews and stuff like that. That's her. That's that her. is awesome. She was great. And we did an interview and we talked about the farewell tour and we talked about just everything. And then I even got to try on some of her costumes and things that, that she was doing. This jacket that wow. she had to put on that was like a ringmaster jacket. She was just the best. So I submit this, right? And at the time, it, it was her final concert on the Share Farewell Tour. Mind you, after that, she did like two more tours, didn't stop, <laughs> came back to Miami like three more times, but I submitted it. So my friends all go with me. We get a table. We go to the award ceremony. and it's So at that time, you didn't know if you, you were going to win or not? No, no. This is your nominated. Okay. So you go. So I know I'm nominated, right? And I go. And I'll never forget that year, there was this one story of this kid that had like a tumor that was like 13 pounds on oh his gosh. leg. And then there was some other kid story about um, having to get drinking water from this, you know, pump that was three miles from their house and so, like all of these really kind of heart wrenching stories, heart wrenching, deep, touching, emotional stories involving children, no less. Right. And then there you are with Cher. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And would you believe it was the last award in the last category of the night no. so at this point it's like we're having like a drinking game at the table <laughs> every time somebody else wins something every category that i'm not it's like we're taking a shot and when they said Falky's Naray sharing with share because that was a title you give the yeah. title share with share i was like ah! <laughs> i need to actually go up and speak right now oh, well, <laughs> okay, too many I drinks to go up and give a speech at that point but oh, I kept funny. it brief, but it, it was awesome. It was a great night, but that How was the fun. very first one. And then after that, we've, I've got a lot of team coverage, you know, for storms, for um, uh, the hurricane, uh, the, the earthquake from last year. Um, there's, there's a bunch and, you know, I'm really proud of the team coverage news category awards as well, because it really does, you know, it's, our faces that you see Craig and myself and the other anchors and the reporters, but man behind the plexiglass, when you're watching the news, yeah. those people are also busting their butts to make stuff happen. You know? Right. And, um, channel seven is a well-oiled machine when it comes to breaking news. Nobody, nobody does it better than we do. And 
I have to say, and I say this everywhere I go, anytime I talk about the station, and it sounds so corny, but it's so legit. We really are a family. Like with especially with the talent you hear of so much drama amongst mm-hmm. anchors and reporters and behind the scenes and front of the camera and back of the camera and all this stuff and this person hates that person and the other person doesn't want, you know, the other person right, to get right. that lead story every night and this person counts how many reads they get versus how many reads the other anchor gets and it's like all this craziness and we knock on wood again. That's a horrible angle, by the way. Uh, <laughs> we have none of that. And really every day it, it's a blessing to 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 work with people that I that I love. You know, that if I stopped doing this tomorrow, they'd still be my friends, you know, and I'd still want to see them and, and have drinks. Having a place where where you can be authentically yourself and you feel comfortable and you have a good time doing what you love is a gift because not everybody has that. And Agreed. not everybody has, you know, has the courage or the insight, you know, to see it at a young age and, and be able to work at it and get to that point where well, you, we where you've gotten to earlier. Some people are still trying to figure it out. You know, some people still try to figure it out or, you know, because of a B or C, you know, think about it. We're an immigrant community, right? Sometimes sadly, you've got to put college off to get a job to help out mm-hmm. with your family for a lot of, you know, millennials in our community, especially that is a legit thing it's a legit thing you've got to help the family put some food on the table so maybe you can't go to school right away you can't finish as quickly as you'd want because you have to have that full-time job to help in tu casa you know in your home and uh it is a it is a real blessing 100 sergio without a doubt so as we start to wrap up being international women's month it, the media landscape has changed tremendously since from the time you started, obviously, because, you know, the Internet and all the social media channels and, and you know, young women and men. But let's talk about women in, in, in general have a tremendous opportunity if they want to do something like you do in terms of being in the public eye and, and reporting and or being a public figure. What advice could you give them as you know, from your experience? in terms of, you know, getting known what things to look for in terms of pitfalls, perhaps, you know, don't, don't get caught up with this or, or with that. What, what advice would you give now that, you know, the, the current landscape? I think that, um, people need to know that it's, it's hard work and the struggle is real. You know, that first job that I had, that one man band, I mean, a a camera these days is this big. You know, Mm -hmm. back in that day, it was a monster. It was like this big, it weighed 30 pounds. It had a cable that connected to a giant deck that I hung from my shoulder. I mean, (laughs) the work is hard and it's going to be hard. And remember, there's a, there's one job opening and 50 people want it. So, you know, especially younger people that don't maybe practice as much Spanish as maybe my generation, our generation, mm-hmm. I think knowing a second language is really huge. important. And, you know, my TV job in Connecticut, there was a big story of this little kid. His name was Caesar. I'll never forget him, like a five-year-old, and got caught in a drive-by shooting. Wow. And the family was Guatemalan, and it was 
major news in New Haven, Connecticut, and the family didn't speak a lick of Spanish. And the day that kid got out of the hospital, I was the only person that could talk to the family in Spanish. And because I knew their language, they connected with me, they trusted me, I got the interview, nobody else did, nobody else really could, and they weren't interested in talking to anybody, even with a translator. So there is that advantage to knowing two languages. And if you shut yourself down, because Abuela's trying to talk to you and you're like, oh, Abuela, I don't speak Spanish. You know, you're doing yourself as a service. Absolutely. And the other thing is you can't, I feel like, and I say this all the time, I go to career days and things like that. And um, Now I sound like an old lady. Oh, God help me. <laughs> um, back in the day, uh, you know, when it used to snow in Miami, when we used to walk here. two miles. To the <laughs> exactly. Here. You want Uber Eats? You're hungry? Boom. You want to talk to Sergio? Send him a text. You yeah. got a question? Google it. Uh, you know, everything is instant gratification. If you yeah. want it, you can have it delivered to your house in 10 minutes or less, right? Yeah. Um, and I find that sometimes kids graduate whatever field they want to get into, right? Whatever it is. And they think that it's the same thing. Well, here's my degree. I, I'm going to be a doctor or a nurse or a, or a TV reporter, or a, I want a podcast and I want a million followers in the first two weeks. And yeah, or I want, you know, like that's, that's not the real world and that's not real life. And I think these days, sometimes, you know, kids just want to go viral and get the followers and the likes and the this and the that. And really you have, you can be a one hit wonder, right? But then how do you translate that into longevity, right? Yeah. Or you can be, you know, one of these people that understands that things take a minute, start out slow. If you're in this business, know that you're, if you're from Miami, or another big market, you're going to have to probably move to Missoula, Montana, or Macon, Georgia, or I don't know, Sacramento, California, or some yeah. other small little, you know, town to start and get that first job, hone your skills, learn your stuff, uh, and then baby step it, baby step it. And sometimes I feel like this generation loses sight of that because they are the instant gratification generation, you know? And that's the other thing. Be careful what you put on your social media because it's out there, you know? And be on there forever. Bosses, regardless whether you want to enter the TV world, the financial world, banking, real estate, you know, hospitality, Whatever it is, bosses look at your big picture, right? So you got to always think about the big picture. Yeah. You know, and I there's, there's, and there's huge growth and in it's, the it's, it's work, work, work and drive and just keep at it. You know, keep at I it. I love it. I love Dream it. big it, and go big. And, and know when it's time to go home. You know, you might think you want this and then you try it and you're like, eh, you know what? That wasn't exactly what I thought it would be. Don't be afraid to adjust and move on. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, nothing wrong with that. You know, just, just trust in 
your gut. You've got it for a reason. And the, the sooner you learn to hone that skill, that's your best bet always. It's taken me 50 plus years to figure it out, but I finally got it, sir. You got it. <laughs> and you got the Emmys to prove I'm it. Sorry, did I say 50 plus? I meant 30 plus. 30 plus, 30 plus. That's right. That's right. Falkies, the queen of Miami news with us on Game Changers. Oh, so Thank sweet. you so much for being on, my friend. This Thank was you. wonderful. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. Thank you for being so complimentary and so kind and for inviting me. What, what an honor. Thank you. If you loved what you heard in today's episode of Game Changers, please subscribe and rate us. The lessons and the stories in these podcasts are immensely valuable, so I invite you to share them with a friend who needs to hear it. You may end up being the game changer in their lives.